Welcome to the Wizards of Dapps podcast, where we interview the creators of various decentralized applications in the Web3 ecosystem. We learn about how they are built and the insights that come from shipping. And we're your co-hosts. I'm Peter. And I'm Bethany. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're sitting down with Philip from I'm Token. How are you today? Hey, Bethany. Hi, Peter. Um, good. Thanks. Welcome to the Wizard of Dapps. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I understand I'm Token has been one of the most widely used wallet apps out there for Web 3.0 in Asia and as well as mainly China, right? I would love to maybe have you give us an introduction to what you guys have been working on and what uh, I'm Token is about. So I'm Token is actually the biggest, or let's say the most used Ethereum mobile wallet all over the world. The biggest user base is basically in China and um, Asia. The project has been started in 2016. Right, the first um, group of founders, um, including Ben, our CEO, they started in a small town, actually big city, uh, Hangzhou, and next to Shanghai in China. And I'm Token has become not only an Ethereum wallet, but we also onboarded more blockchains, and it become, became a more broader project. But it's still this mobile wallet, right? It's a mobile wallet for Android and iOS. That's what it is. You guys have claimed that. I'm tokens responsible for about 10% of all daily active transactions on Ethereum. You know, how did um, I'm token get there? Right. And that's um, 10% um, sending and receiving transactions on Ethereum. I'm token just started as like pretty much the first Ethereum wallet in China, just got all the first Ethereum users. Actually, the team never, we never did any marketing. It was all face to face. It was all the early and pretty much like a lot of it still is. The early adopters of Ethereum in China using I'm Token as it was, and just talking to their friends and say, and that was pretty much the beginning. Um, if you participate in ICOs, you can use I'm Token to store your tokens, and you can also use it to participate in ICOs. I remember talking to you know um, Kai from one of your PMs from I'm Token, right? And he said that being an early member of the team, I'm Token actually built the product to facilitate ICOs, right? And they built this and shipped it right before the ICO boom of 2017, right? It was kind of like a really big bet on where the market and what people were going to be using uh, Ethereum and crypto technologies for, right? Um, and that uh, kind of like resulted in a lot of growth for uh, Token. Yeah, right. That was um, the ICO dApp, right? So you would have your um, mobile Ethereum wallet, I'm Token, you open it, and there's a small button saying ICO dApp. Right? And clicking on the ICO tab, you have a list of ICOs. And then you would click on, let's participate in this status ICO. You click and then you can participate out of your wallet. And back into your wallet come the ICO tokens. That gave us, if you look at the chart, the first 100,000 users. Right, And from that point on, it grew pretty naturally over the time, over the ICO period, until they were forbidden in China. Are you guys still experiencing similar growth? It pretty much exploded, right, with ICOs. So let's say if there was the first 100,000 users, what we are talking about right now is 7 million monthly active users on the peak last year when the prices were still higher, obviously. And right now it's uh, around about a million uh, monthly active users. Up until that point, up until the like peak last year, it pretty much grew and grew and grew. And right now it's mostly a bigger group of active users that, let's say, trade. That's the first use case, right? So they have their tokens and they trade their tokens. The second group, and they're overlapping to like a huge part, uh, airdrops, 
right? People that participate in airdrops. There is also a certain group of DAP users, I would say, but it's comparatively low. And how are you gaining new users currently without this ICO boom happening? So there was actually a bigger change last year, right? I was joining the team early last year. We had a couple of people joining um, on the product side, on the development side, but also on the marketing side. And pretty much bigger goal on the marketing side right now is we actually started to like actively market Iron Token to potential users. And that's in China and that's in um, Korea and that's in, well, the category of English-speaking countries and Europe. As I said earlier, we didn't have any big marketing besides like WeChat account or something. But most of the growth came pretty much from the early Ethereum community in China using the tooling they have and the best was I'm talking. So the marketing plan right now is pretty much advertise what we already had last year, advertise the capabilities. And then middle of last year, we also introduced the new app that was introducing not only having Ethereum, but also EOS and Bitcoin in integrated decentralized exchange and more more features. Cool. It sounds like, you know, I'm tokens making some interesting moves, you know, and how would you describe the overall strategy of where I'm token wants to be, you know? What is that product that I'm token strives to be in like say a year or two? The question is pretty much where's blockchain going to be, right? At least for us it is. So our idea is we want to be the interface for people who want to use blockchain. We do see Web3, we do see uh, blockchain as a huge field to play with. Sure, it's hard to know what's going to come, right? There's wallet apps um, and there's wallets in general that position themselves in in certain ways, like uh, for gaming, for example. And you can do that and that makes sense. And what we do in comparison to that is more try to explore as much as we can, try not to limit us to specific use cases, but also focus on use cases. We're obviously like right now focusing a lot on decentralized exchange, for example, but not being blinded, not having blind spots on what people want to use blockchain for. Maybe that's not the the best the best answer for you, but I mean that's fair. In this boat, basically, and we're trying to see where we get. In the beginning of the internet, you it it was hard to see where it, it will go, and um, obviously. Let's say there's a lot of podcasts right now, for example, right? Uh, who could <laughs> yeah. have predicted that. And what we are trying to do is find those use cases and, and, and see what our users are actually asking for and get feedback and iterate. Right. It's, it's really hard to know, you know, um, what the killer app is out there. You know, it's always shifting and always changing, you know. It seems like you guys are trying to like cater towards your own users, which are mainly in China. What else your users? I understand that. I'm token has a close relationship with your users. You know, you have support teams supporting them even in cases where they've lost their keys, when they've been hacked, right? And you have a very active community that I understand that you uh, regularly engage with uh, through WeChat and other uh, social media channels, right? What do the users from China want? What do the users from your side want? Yeah, I looked at the numbers today actually for Ethereum. I think I mentioned it before. So it's mostly... If you look at the use cases, it's mostly airdrops, it's mostly trading, and we're speaking about mostly people trading on centralized exchanges. If you look at Kyber, for example, we are the second biggest provider of trades for Kyber. There is a specific group of users who want to trade on decentralized exchanges. There's also a specific group of people who use dApps. But still, if you would put the user need or want 
let's say for Chinese user in like a very short, let's say in one word, it's mostly people who want to earn more money, right? You want to right. trade to get more tokens. You want to, you want to benefit from like an open market and you want to participate obviously in ICOs to get more tokens to crawl the, to crawl the balance. What about gambling? Because I know that in Asia, there's a large following of Tron users and especially EOS, right? I know that Chinese dApps, specifically catering to the Chinese market uh, around gambling has taken off. Kind of makes sense in some ways because, you know, gambling is banned in China, all except except Macau, right? And even with Macau, you know, it's dying because it sets such heavy regulations on, you know, how much money can be uh, taken into Macau to be kind of spent. Right. Have you seen the the signs of this demand appearing in your community? And not only speaking about gambling, but in general, if if I look at applications, right, and there's gambling applications, there's decentralized exchanges, and there's um, gaming devs, non-gambling gaming devs, and there's more. So I'm often talking to users, or I'm often talking to the projects themselves and get a feeling of who the users are. Right. If you look at... Gaming devs, there's a huge demand in China as well. But if you look at the West, people enjoy gaming devs, for example. People in China more, and that's my personal opinion, they more enjoy gaming devs where they can win something, right? Yeah. And, and that's mostly gambling. And there's a community there uh, often, right, where they can game worth. Yeah. I made this observation a while ago, right, where I was browsing like the, the chat rooms of Tron bet, you know, EOS bet. And it reminded me a lot of the days back when uh, there were a lot of ICO chats, right? Back in the ICO boom where people were just investing uh, manically into ICOs with the betting on them, gambling in a, in a sense, right? And I felt like my, my personal perspective is that DeFi took off because, well, not DeFi, but ICOs took off because they were the first kill application of DeFi, decentralized finance, where people have never been so close to their finances. They've never been in such control of their money, right? They can trade it. They can see it go up and down, right? They can manipulate it. And not only that, they're doing this and their game it's, it's facilitated in a gamified way with all these uh, other people around the world. And they're sharing the sense of community as they all make money and lose money. I was in these chat rooms, right, of TronBet and EOSBet. And I was just witnessing a very similar behavior where, you know, <laughs> um, those very toxic arguments between the moderators, these users themselves would also share their winnings, share their losses, you know, congratulate each other for like how much money someone's made. And they would have like whale alerts for how much money is being betted. Like 100K would be bet. Literally, yeah. Yeah, by like one person. And they just like, they all celebrate in a weird way. It almost felt like, you know, uh, a lot of this behavior of this um, ICO craze has found a new avenue to express itself, right? And that's like gambling. Right. I mean, it's exactly the same. I mean, it is. And, and what you said is right. DeFi, I mean, I think we could probably talk about this in another episode. I think it's right. There is like, why do people use um, Uniswap, for example? Because you can make money. Like there's a meme about providing liquidity because you get money. People not so much talk about, I mean, I've almost never heard somebody talk about you should join Uniswap. And if you think about the risk versus uh, reward, there's this scenario where I can win. No, it's always only about winning. Right. Certainly. I mean, it's the whole space. And I think China is just more emphasized in pretty much everything. China's more emphasized. There's more of it and there's more extreme cases. 
it's a pretty radical thing, right? Because it's a gambling. It's something, it's an activity that's been heavily regulated by the state for as long as we know. And it, we've finally been able to completely take it back from the state and we can finally gamble freely indefinitely, right? Um, to some extent. And it's kind of like a crazy idea if you think about it. We've kind of finally reclaimed such a, I guess, like this delinquent behavior, right? That some may call, but it's pretty crazy in my opinion. Risky business. Yeah. So if you're not focusing on the gambling aspect, what are the next steps for I'm Token in the future? I mean, of course, gambling is, would be a small aspect anyway. For sure. Gambling would be part of, would be the dApp browser, right? So we do have a dApp browser and there's a lot of dApps that are asking us, um, can we be listed? And the, the general idea is be open. And we are open to any dApps. So you can use... Um, a dev on desktop with MetaMask and you can use it on mobile with um, mobile browsers like um, I'm Token. And that's actually pretty cool. So like there's there's a common standard between all dev browsers. There is many games. There is many decentralized exchanges in the dev browser. You can access art markets. And so that's the dev browser. Aside from, I guess, gambling, you know, have you seen any other type of dApps uh, within Asia take off? <laughs> I mean, did you ever see a dab taking off? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I like how you laughed there. It was like a nice primer. Pretty much not. I, I mean, look at the top lists, the use, most used dabs on Ethereum, on EOS, on Tron. On EOS, it's mostly gambling. Like it's only gambling and then it's exchanges. On Ethereum, there's a little bit exchanges and now it's more and more actual games, right? Like in the last half year, we have seen, let's say like in the last three months or four months, we have seen the change from the top five or top 10 being mostly exchanges to a little bit more games. Well, it's actually a lot of games right now. Taking off, yeah, not really. The gambling took off, I would say, but then exchanges is the second biggest use case. Another note is that, you know, a lot of people talk about how, you know, a lot of the volume in Tron and EOS are fake. That actually has truth in it in the sense that, you know, many dApps have told me on the conference that, you know, they've been approached by these companies that specifically um, aim to pump up the volume of various dApps, right? I can actually do some very simple kind of analysis from what I've told by uh, various people working on Curing on the blockchain that you can actually see that activity being um, manipulated, right? Yeah, that's some pretty obvious. <laughs> However, the thing is like, you know, people down, downplay that and overreach of that statement to some extent because you can actually go to the top um, betting dApps or just EOS and Tron dApps out there, jump into the discourse or Telegram chats, and you can see vibrant communities thriving. These dApps actually really, um, they're, they're making some ground and they're highly engaging to many of its users. So it's not completely false. I'd say, you know, we actually probably don't know the true numbers, but they're definitely, they're, there's something there. Yeah, totally. Like there's this story. So we do, as I said, the open, the dApp browser is open. So you could use gambling dApps with I'm Token. But um, we did list one gambling dev um, that we know is fair, and um, just just to see to um, see who's using, um, like how many people are using it actually. And we didn't advertise because that's still the part we don't want to do. But without advertising, still there's a lot of people using it, right? Even without advertising. So we certainly see there's interest, and there is real users. I mean, there's real users who are using it on mobile. Yeah. Um, I mean, let, let me get back to the question before, because I think you, Bethany, you had the question of where, where is I'm talking actually going? And then we lost ourselves in the dev discussion as always. But um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I think so. That process one, there's other legs that I'm talking is uh, standing on. And that's the token on exchange, right? So last year when we 
released IAM Token 2.0 in August. Uh, we introduced Bitcoin, EOS, added that to the Ethereum wallet. You're adding Cosmos. We added Cosmos just now. The token on exchange is basically then a decentralized exchange. Right? We want to have a simple interface where the user um, knows that he doesn't need to deposit tokens into a decentralized exchange, like tokens that can actually be stolen or withhold on the exchange. But it's wallet to wallet. So he trades and either the trade doesn't go through, which like happens in like 0.1% of the cases, something. But if the trade goes through, only if he gets or she gets the token into the wallet, the other uh, token leaves as well, the wallet. Right? So it's an atomic exchange. You don't have the issue of centralized exchange with withdrawal and deposit. So that's one part. The other part where we are like heavily focusing in since like this year is the hardware wallet. So maybe you have seen Ledger uh, releasing this Bluetooth hardware wallet. We are also working together with a team that is releasing a Bluetooth hardware wallet and it's called I'm key fitting to I'm token and you can use it in I'm token, right? So it's um, like a small handy device. The seats are stored on the hardware wallet. It's a usual hardware wallet. But the thing is, you uh, can use it with I'm token and pretty much any function. Uh, you can send, receive tokens on it, and you can trade with it. But it works with Bluetooth, right? There is no cable, but you would um, sign a transaction. You basically click OK. I want to send this transaction if you are sending transaction on I'm token. So that's the the third leg, basically trying to uh, cater to to the people that have a lot of tokens or just want to have like maximum security for their tokens, but still convenient on mobile. Very cool. And have these ideas come from your team or is it things that the community has asked for? How did you arrive at these pillars? So there's different parts, right? And it's probably a mix of it. So for example, we integrated Cosmos just two weeks ago. Now that Cosmos launched one and a half weeks ago. Of course, we see the demand that our users want to use Cosmos because staking, right? You can earn money on your tokens. So that's also something we are going to focus on in the future. Is it the community? So I would say that's partly the community, but then a decision by ourselves. And again, that's a topic we had earlier, right? We try to be agnostic. We try to be as general as possible. We try to see the trends. We try not to miss the trends. And one part of it is having I'm talking ventures. And that's basically the investment arm to invest in like companies that are building something that benefits the ecosystem, right? And that's pretty much the broader blockchain ecosystem, so to say. So pretty much anything that, that benefits uh, dApps, pretty much anything that benefits uh, our decentralized exchange or more secure ways to trade, uh, more secure ways to store tokens that benefits I'm talking. And then that's the companies, I guess, we, we also invest in. And one of those companies is I'm, the I'm key team, for example. We pretty much try to spread out as much as possible on the use cases and then ask the community, get feedback. That's an interesting strategy. What would you say the main challenges of I'm token right now are? The main challenges, many people say it's crypto spring. Right. <laughs> Talk about it earlier, right? We had like a huge number of active users and it's uh, way less now. Um, there, is still, there is still like a lot of active users actually, but um, it's less. So one challenge is basically how to grow in this environment because it's in crypto, you will have more 
target users if the prices are higher or let's say if the prices go up. So that's one challenge. Like how do you attract people that actually are still active in crypto right now? And the second challenge is basically how to, do you monetize it? Right? How as a wallet do you actually monetize people that only, I mean, the only thing that people do is basically store their private key on their mobile phone using a tool called I'm token, right? It's, it's non-custodial. You, you don't, we don't have any tokens from you, the user. Anything we can provide is additional services. So anything that the user wants, that's basically what we need to find. And that's a huge challenge. And I think that's a huge challenge for all the wallets. That's a huge challenge for all the mobile wallets, but also um, like desktop wallets like MyCrypto. It's also a challenge for MetaMask. Sounds good. I didn't think we have anything else um, to really uh, ask you about today, Philip. Yeah, happy, happy to have you on. It was a great conversation. Cool. Thanks. Um, thanks for having me. Awesome. <laughs> Take care. If you enjoyed what you listened to and are interested in supporting this podcast, then please follow us on Twitter at Wizard of Dabs. The show notes will be on our website. And if you want to continue the conversation, join our Telegram group. All links will be in the episode description. Thanks for listening.